reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Shinmu the animation uh, came out last week with a fantastic episode of uh, Blade Runner Black Lotus. It took, it's going to take us into the second season. In this episode, Shinmu the animation uh, Thunderclap is a really good episode. Um, for this, you know, series debut. And you get the feeling that this show is, in a lot of ways, uh, one of the better ones on Toonami right now. So then we get to the second episode in Daybreak. R- R- uh, Ryo, the, the main character, is Japanese. His uh, dad's killed by assassins coming after this mirror. There's some type of power with this mirror. There's something about this mirror that people want. And then basically everything starts to align for Rio to set out and figure out what's going on with this mirror. He has a few fights in between in the first episode and the second episode. Now he has a few fights going on. And those were okay. Um, I didn't have any problems with them. Um, so the, the fight scenes were good. Uh, they were pretty kick-ass. The story is very compelling in the sense that, you know, his dad dies, so you're hit with that, that instant grief. But then on the other hand, you're kind of like, well, you know, it is good that um, he's got kind of a plan. You know what I mean? The show's got a direction. And a lot of animes, there's no direction. It's just kind of like spaghetti at the wall, whatever sticks, they're going to run with that. So whatever they did for this episode, it really worked out. Um, And the second episode has really, really nailed it. You know, I made the comment that if you miss this one, you missed out, you know, because after this one, it's going to be hard to duplicate uh, a lot of uh, what happened in these first two episodes. So I'm really excited about that first episode. I think they nailed it. And then on the second episode, Daybreak, they really did a good job with this and really set the tone for Toonami for the night because it was a really good night for Toonami, actually. And all I could do is hope the ratings show that, too. But in my opinion, it was a good night for Tsunami overall. And it started with this first episode, you know, that we get on the night. So I was very uh, impressed with this show all the way. And uh, the story is good. It's a good story. Like, don't get it twisted that it's maybe not, you know, that that good of a story. It really is. And I was watching it with actually I had one of my buddies that was checking it out. And he was saying that it's really ties into the video game very nicely so that was good to hear that was really good to hear they also have a movie um out that came out a long time ago but yes i do remember this video game i just didn't play it much but i do remember the game now uh, what's important here in this episode is that we're we're kind of setting the stage for what's to come you know, it's not necessarily uh, easy to figure out yet. Like we had, you know, like some some shows you may be able to figure out what uh 
what's going to happen in the anime and what's going to take place later on. But in this one, you don't really have an idea of that. You don't really know. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, we're all kind of just waiting to see what the next episode is going to bring because we're left in a really good spot. Like we're left with some good action, some good, uh, talking. Um, and it's, it, it sticks out, but it's not, it doesn't stick out in a bad way. Like this sticks out in a really good way. You remember this episode for what it was a wholesome episode. Um, and kind of in short, um, in this episode in daybreak, just kind of the plot, you know, in short, um, he's starting out, you know, using this mirror, like, and, and kind of asking questions about it and going to different people and they're kind of guiding him to what, to ultimately where he's going to end up going, which is going to be a big fight. Um, so that's kind of how this episode plays out and it lays out really nicely, but I had to give it five stars on uh, TV time. I rated it five stars. I left my comment there for everybody to see. I just thought it was a, a well put together episode. I didn't think they, they pushed too hard. I didn't think they were reaching for anything. I just thought it was well put together. So then uh, the night got uh, better. We get to attack on Titan in a, kind of a mid-season premiere. You know, so Toonami's really kind of like just throw you in. They'll just throw you in an anime. And they give us episode 76. Um, This episode's called Judgment. Here's the thing about this episode is it is nuts. Like, this episode is nuts. Um, man, it's hard, it's hard to describe it much more than that. You've got a major battle going between the Titans, right? Like, these guys take on the, the form of Titans, huge, mythical, you know, and legend Titans were in Greek mythology. So, I mean, you know, it's a play on that. But the, the main part of this episode was they nailed the fighting scenes. The animation is great. It really is good animation. Um, and kind of all around, it just felt like this was a good uh, episode. And Attack on Titan is a great anime. And I think it's one of the more slept on animes. Maybe now, you know, nowadays it's getting the respect it deserves. But I remember when Attack on Titan came out and, and you wouldn't hear people talking about this. You would not hear people talking about Attack on Titan. Now people talk about it. Now it's something that everybody knows about uh, that's a fan of anime. And remember, it's been going on since 2013. Uh, so you you just got the new season that they're, dro they're dropping. And um, they made some adaptations into some films. And they've done a lot of good work with this anime. I think the main thing that you get a lot of times from anime is... They kind of they kind of push too hard or they're reaching too hard, but see, that's okay if it works. But in this episode, kind of like give you a setting of what what I was witnessing here. Um, I kind of want to lay this out for you a little bit better. Um, you got a lot of main characters in this show, so instead of going through all the main characters. I just really want to focus on the ones in this episode that were like really making a difference. And, um, a lot of, a lot of these characters too are new to me because I have not watched 
um, much Attack on Titan. I've seen a lot of the early stuff, but I really didn't know too much about that. You know, like I've seen that a lot in more in my younger years, you know. So this is definitely a good episode. Um, you know, overall, I'd say, you know, they didn't, they didn't try too hard. They didn't try to push it too far. They didn't, um, they didn't make me upset or anything like that with, uh, how they did it. They, they really kind of just kept a nice flow, a nice pace to this episode. It kept you involved, kept you wanting to watch it more. Um, and it was just all around a good episode, you know, how, how can you go wrong with that? You know, so all around a good episode, um, on judgment. So for a little bit more context, the, this military air force invades Paradis while Aaron Yeager is battling Porco Galliard. Then they're joined by Rainer Braun in his armor Titan form. Major battle. There's paratroopers dropping out of the sky. They're getting destroyed. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, it was just a great action, eventful episode. And I think we all wanted that out of this. But your main uh, characters, you know, um, Aaron Yeager, Porco Galliard, Rainer Braun. Everybody else is kind of a bystander in this episode. So those are kind of your main people to kind of pick pick apart here. Then we get to Assassination Classroom. This is a show I've been following very carefully in the second uh, season. I've been following very, very carefully to kind of watch how the show's developed. Got really good in this episode. Very good episode. Um, Episode 30. Reaper Time Part 2. We've seen Reaper Time Part 1 last week. I didn't get to talk about it. It was good. Um, but it wasn't as good as this one. This Part 2 topped that first part. Like, um, I can tell you that. So I'd rather focus on this episode because it was actually something like it's worth talking about. And uh, that Assassination Classroom, it goes hard, man. You know, people slack on Assassination Classroom. I don't know why. I mean, we all have our opinion. Um, but this show just gotten better where a lot of shows don't do that. This show has, and I'm happy with this show for doing that. And it kind of starts out and it's like that creepy yellow dude, Koro Samurai, you know, Koro Sensei, you know, he's just like, boom, 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 just like kind of flying through, boom, boom, boom. This guy's just dipping around, dipping around. And he's not even the main one fighting in this one he's actually kind of doing some kind of like dumb stuff he's kind of being dumb he's kind of you know like a a neanderthal so that's kind of one thing that was funny like they brought some some levity into the episode um so we all appreciated that and i think that was really important too like we were hit with two pretty intense animes like Shin Mew was pretty intense then go to the next one Attack on Titan way more intense with those battles of the Titans and how crazy they looked um a little bit scary looking too 
So I really liked uh, this episode. I thought it was good. How do you, you know, knock Attack on Titan uh, and then want to watch Assassination Classroom? Like these episodes were going in a great, great line. Like everything was working. Everything was working out. And uh, how could you not like that? So I was really happy with this. And um, Reaper Time Part 2 just topped Reaper Time Part 1, which I was so happy because it feels like that doesn't happen all the time. It just feels like it does. It feels like sometimes you get the Part 1 and it's way better than the um, the Part 2. Uh, so we come into uh, Koro Sensei and Karasuma arrive at this place to capture the students that have been captured. The Reaper's good, man. He's got this move that, like, out of his finger, he shoots this bullet at this, like, kind of towards the end of the show. But he, like, shoots his finger. He, like, shoots his finger out. Pew! And a bullet comes out. Literally goes through the aorta and the heart. And then just, like, boop, boop, boop. And kills you. But, like, Karasuma kind of had a plan. Uh, Like, he knows there's really, there's really no uh chance for, uh for him to kind of avoid this and he's either going to have to sacrifice the class which we all know that's not going to happen or uh he's going to have to just take on uh he's going to have to take on the, the reaper so he you know he ambushes the reaper he brings him down and he's kind of just schooling the reaper for a minute now the reaper gets him good with that finger shot kind of out of nowhere but the the big big thing here, um, and the kind of like all these students are trapped, and he's just like doing this battle for them, and it's a very heroic episode. Um, he the the fight with the Reaper, a couple scraps they have, and then the final fight is very compelling. Keeps you wanting to watch it, keeps you interested. You you know you really won't be disappointed in this uh in the show or this episode this episode is one of the better ones i've seen and uh you know i think that's pretty hard to do in a lot of ways um and it was a solid four-star episode um where attack on titan you know i definitely would give that four stars that episode was definitely a four-star episode i just didn't know enough about it to give it five stars i were thrown into that so um i'm not mad you know it is what it is uh then something really good happened after so after we get our assassination classroom flow which was a good flow a good vibe you know he beats the reaper and everything and we can move on from that bad guy move on to a different bad guy now um and koro sensei kind of beams goofy self and and still have a purpose in the show was good it made for it made for a good episode, but something good happens when we get to Made in Abyss episode five Incinerator, and this episode in Made in Abyss was really good. Um, four stars. It got better. It was headed for two star, then got to three star rating. Then I was like, at the end of it, I said, "That's four stars. It's not a five star. It's not a five star show. It's an average show. Um, it's a show that in a lot of ways." you're you're just too mature for but in a lot of other ways there's some cool parts 
there's some good scenes. One of the good scenes was when they go into the inverted forest. And, you know, there's like this crazy looking creature that's killed a cave raider. And kind of something weird in this episode, like something happens in this episode that's just a little bit different. So we're like, we're like, like paying attention to that, like putting that all in perspective. Um, this big creature eating this dude, and then they kind of like, in a way, it just seems a little bit like, like weird with the fight with the creature. Like, how are they supposed to beat this creature? And then, you know, they got Rico and Reg. These are the two main characters. And Reg's like this robot cyborg type character that's kind of like a, a a boy but like a robot too and then rico's just got the plan she's just got a map in her head you know she's just headed for glory like she she knows where she wants to go she knows where um where to be in the show so that's that's very uh true and another thing about this show is that it got so much better like, this episode got so much better than how this show's been. How can you knock that, you know? We've we've definitely been waiting for this show to pick up. And now I think the show's starting to change for the better. And we're finally going to get a good look at some of these, uh, kind of some of these episodes now. Now we can really focus in on them because it seems like they got better. Um... Then they, you know, they have some nightmares and stuff where they're trying to lay. That is something that's kind of a little bit. That's why I said, you know, not five stars, four star, because that gets a little dull. They just keep having these nightmares. Like, let's move on. But the invert, inverted forest, that picks the show up. That lifts the show to new heights. And um, how they navigate that and they get away from these bandits, kind of these weird little creatures in there by kind of just dipping past them in a way like. You know, kind of video game-ish. Like, we just dip past these guys. And then they can't reach us over here. Um, Reg has this beam, which is the Incinerator. That's the episode. It's how you get the name the Incinerator. And uh, it's how they fight off this great giant bird-looking creature. It looks like a big Pokemon, but it's definitely not a Pokemon. It's eating somebody. So, um, that's another thing. Uh you know, it's really a good episode for like um, camaraderie between these two. Like they really, uh, they really are coming together as friends. And the corpse weeper they killed is what they're eating. Um, they're, yeah, they actually you know cook this thing and eat it, which is crazy. Um, but overall, I mean, that was a, that was a four star episode. There's not really much that needs to be said. It was a great to see the inverted force and them start getting through there. And then at the end, um, the white, uh, whistle deliver, uh, Delver, the white whistle, uh, Delver is who they're going to meet with. And the white whistle Delver, uh, Ozen. Is very impressed that they've made it this far and uh, makes their debut. So, uh, you know, Ozen makes uh, her debut here, and 
now we get to kind of go into the next episode knowing this new character um and she seems pretty interesting like you know what i mean so so we'll see how that plays out it seemed good uh then we have a surprising fact the man who guarded the sunny episode 523 of one piece and one piece they uh they will they will not let you down much they will not let you down much and uh this episode we're so deep in to the show um that at episode 523 the show's still giving us good episodes how how can you not like that so uh the the straw hats you know luffy zoro um chopper usopp um nami they're all um for frankie they're all basically here and they're having a competition catching the most fish um they end up setting sail uh, the Caribou Pirates are kind of the new villain. Now they're looking to kill the real Straw Hats. Um, and they're about to uh, launch this attack on the Thousand Sunny. And um, that's this episode in a nutshell. Um, and they end up finding, like, you know, in the opening, they find the fake Straw Hats. And then they find out, you know, these aren't even the real Straw Hats that they're killing. So that's where we, you know, we get to the next episode and that kind of ties it in together, um, which is really good, you know, um, and it does, it ties it in together. It really helps, uh, put this all in, in perspective. Now, this episode is kind of where It gets a little bit weird because we have episode 523, One Piece. I'll tell you, you know, four stars on that one. But then you get to episode 324. Deadly combat under the sea. The demon of the ocean strikes. Now, if you look at episode uh, 324, it's better than episode 524. Um, and that is very interesting that like, here we are, 524, 324, they're both good episodes, but episode 324, I actually get five stars because they're in this bubble and, uh, it's kind of like protecting them from like any big fish or any big monsters. And the funny part about that is, uh, like, Kokoro cannot handle uh pictures of like he he can't handle pretty women. He's got like pictures of everybody, but he like he can't handle pretty women. So like Nami's telling him something, he just loses control, all of a sudden his nose bleeds, shoots him out of the bubble. Like it's crazy. And um it was pretty fitting. Uh because then they, you know, Luffy extends his hand out there like Mr. Fantastic and brings him back in and Basically, the bubble, you know, can't pop 
unless something too, too big were to come through and then it would kill them. Or if somehow something too big went from the other side out, that would open it up to danger. But for the most part, they're pretty protected in here as they're traveling. And this is a good traveling episode. Their dialogue is good. There's a, you know, the funny scene with him shooting out, you know, of the, of the bubble. I really enjoyed the scene, how we went from an inverted forest in Maiden Abyss to now, uh, we're in this landscape that's like, or we're in this deep sea that has a protection around it. It's very cool, very different. Um, and I have to give that five stars. I really enjoyed that episode. Um, and in short, they're on their way. They're, they're traveling, you know, they're not, um, they're not wasting any time, you know, besides the, the funny parts, the little characters that have their funny parts. But, uh, yeah, the, in the, in the adventure, uh, that they have, the adventure that they're taking here, um, it really, uh, worked out like it really worked out so i was really happy with that episode then we get to naruto shippuden episode 376 the detective to take the nine tails um the directive to take the nine tails sorry and uh episode 376 of naruto shippuden very good a very uh interesting episode now they're getting the directive to take the nine tails that is the just of this episode but there's a lot of goofy quirky stuff happening and if you're a fan of that you'll love this episode because this is full of quirks and uh good quips from the characters and whatnot that you know they have some good dialogue and it's a it's a good it's a good script uh for this show and i was very impressed you know i didn't think there's anything too wrong about it didn't think there's anything that kind of you know Made me not want to watch it or anything like that. It was it was interesting. It held my attention. Um, here's you know, part one of a special two part. You know what I mean? It's kind of a two part thing. So in this episode, you get uh, Naruto kind of not as the main character, like not as much. He's not as much of the the main character here. It's kind of these other people that are getting a little bit of attention. And that's good. Like, we want that. It's not like I'm against that or anything, you know. Kind of helps in a way. Uh, but there's a, there is a lot of uh, quirks. And there's a lot of um, different, different ways to look at this episode, you know. Uh, they're down in this underground lair. Uh, the experiment is brought to life by a, a, a struck of lightning. Um, Orochimuru's plan backfires. Uh, him and Kabuto, they have to evacuate. Next day, Itachi and Kasami, they're looking for the experiment in the destroyed building, brings it back to their leader, uh, Pain. And in a secret uh, Akatsaki hideout, Pain uses the King of Hell to repair it, as well as add some new modifications to it. Um, by the time you're really focusing on Naruto, he's like, we're back to the Hokage's office in the village and, uh, they're trying to get Mecca Naruto away from the village. Uh, 
the plan is put into action and they really start pursuing this plan here. Uh, but Shikamaru is defeated after being smashed into the ground by Mecha Naruto. So Mecha Naruto uh, just kicks ass. So like, you know, you don't get much of Naruto until kind of the end of this episode. It's a great episode. Um, like I said, there was some laughs, there was some chuckles, there was some joy. Four star episode. I can't, you can't go wrong with it. Then we get to Cowboy Bebop episode fourteen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, this episode is an OG episode, like O to the G. I remember this episode well. I've seen this episode a handful of times. Um, and I could tell you that it was a really good episode. Five star episode, Bohemian Rapture. Um, it really gives Ed his, his episode. This is Ed's episode. You know, she, she finally is like, has this issue, has this thing going on. The crew chooses, um, like, how do you want to put it? Instead of being going for greed and they're broke, but instead of going for greed, they take a different route. I think people need to look at it in that light. I think people are confused. Why didn't they take the money from the guy? Why, you know what I mean? They were in a position of power. They're not trying to be, uh, they don't want to be evil. They don't want to, they don't want to feel evil. They don't want to put that out there. They want to be wholesome. They're bounty hunters. They already know that their line of work is a sketchy business. They already know that their line of work doesn't have a long time span. So in, uh, in all reality, they're trying to build good karma. And uh, that's what this episode was about. It was about building good karma. And it kept the show going strong. And uh, I think a lot of people need to look at it in that light. Like, this was not something to be looked at and say, you know, they didn't know what they were doing or the writers didn't know what they were doing. That wouldn't be true. Actually, it's more true to say that the writers knew exactly what they were doing. and by keeping the audience guessing the writers did their job uh so that that's a, you know as someone who writes i can tell you that is uh, part of the process so i'm gonna take a quick break and uh when i come back we're gonna do the recap of uh 1883 episode eight you really don't want to miss this you stay tuned for this if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Sounds good, right? There are a lot of places you can host your podcast. Those other podcast hosting sites love to make you pay, thinking they're doing you a favor. Not at Anchor. Folks, this is free. None of Anchor's competitors make distribution and monetization as seamless as Anchor does. I predict Anchor to be the face of podcasting in the next five years. If you're an experienced podcaster or a newcomer, doesn't make a difference. Get your show on Anchor today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm 
to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you for staying with me this far. I appreciate it. Episode 8 of 1883, the series on Paramount Plus, where you can go ahead and stream it now. You really want to. I've seen every episode, and I've been impressed every time. Uh, The Weep of Surrender, 8th episode, uh, The Weep of Surrender. This, uh, let me put it like this. Beautiful, storytelling, compelling, and a tearjerker. It really is. And um, how can you not? say this is a not a five-star episode this is a five-star episode if i've ever seen one and uh, i was just very impressed elsa makes a big decision shay faces doubt as winter looms that's a short snapshot of the episode that does not even go into detail about how good this was um now This let me set the stage for this. We knew the storm happened. There was a natural disaster in that in that last episode. Lightning with the yellow hair. Now we're in weep uh weeps uh the weep of surrender. So now it gets heated up. Now we're getting hot. They're fa- they're they got to chase after all the horses that they let run from the storm. Um, so they got to chase those down. So they the writer Taylor Sheridan and his crew did a wonderful job of not leaving that part out. They didn't leave that part out. So here they go. They're chasing after them, and, and, they, and they catch the horses. It's very uh, important that, you know, you don't miss that part. Um, see, see how it's done um, and how real it is, how real you feel them doing this. Um, so they, they round them up. Uh, very good. And now we're kind of going through the different personal problems in the camp. So for one thing, Elsa and the Native American uh man, he uh and her are really getting closer together. Um and at this point it's just gonna be hard to keep these two apart. You know what I mean? You get that feeling, uh Sam. Sam and Elsa are really close together, and they're getting closer as time goes by. So it's coming to a point where she wants to stay. She wants to stay in this land. She doesn't want to go travel. She doesn't want to do that anymore. She found love, and and that's what she wants. And you know, he's a good man, and and you know, he's gonna give her whatever she wants. If she wants a house, he'll build it. Is what he tells her dad. You know, all that good stuff. So that's a very uh, important part. But see, we all know that she's a main character, and it's too early to write a main character off, like like Elsa. So you know, in the back of my head, I know she's not going. She's gonna stay with them. Like something's gonna happen. Well, basically, kind of what happens is Shay's dealing. With, like I said, they're all dealing with personal problems. They kind of reject Shay as a leader. He wants to take them to Denver because he just doesn't believe they're going to survive going any farther west. Like Denver is as far west as these people need to be going. 
James Dutton sees a different, played by Tim McGraw. O'Shea, played by Sam Elliott, the great, the legendary, the amazing actor, Shea, uh, Sam Elliott. But Tim McGraw's a pretty good actor himself, and uh, so is his wife, Faith Hill, uh, as Margaret Dutton in this episode. Plays the caring mother, the uh, the loving mother, but not like loving in a sense like, oh, let me give you a hug. Loving in a sense like, you know, girl, you don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't you don't know what you're getting yourself into. That type of love, tough love. And, uh, you know, this episode's full of tough love. This whole series has been full of tough love, but it's love nonetheless. And uh, we're looking at, Basically, the passing of the torch, uh, Shay Brennan is kind of in a like without willing, he's relinquishing the leadership. Let me set that up for you. So, Shay pretty much tells everybody, You're going to Denver, this is how it's going to be. And James steps up, kind of, Hey, I didn't agree to that, that's not where I'm going, you know. People die on this trail. People die in Denver too. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not any safer there than they are out here. And that was his stance. And, uh, the immigrants, these people that are traveling, they say, you know what? We want to go with that guy. Uh, we don't want to go to Denver. We set out for Oregon. We're going to Oregon. And, uh, Shay's ready to ride out. He's, he's ready to dip out. He's like, look, winter's going to be coming. These people don't know what the hell they're doing. They don't know what the hell they got themselves into. No, 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 no. I'm out of here. But Thomas, a lot like, uh, I see, I see elements. You, sometimes you see elements of yourself in the character. In the element of myself, I see Thomas as the voice of reason. And he has made this commitment to uh, the gypsy woman, Naomi, played by Gratelia Brancusi, who does a, she's a wonderful actress, uh, and LaMonica Garrett Thomas. He is, he's got to win some awards this year. So he kind of says, Captain, I ain't never asked you for nothing. But it's hard enough with you. We ain't got no chance without you. That was powerful. That was well written. Well acted, well directed, and well produced. And Elsa kind of comes riding up. Where's she been? Well, she's been off with Sam, and they have haunted a buffalo, and she kind of done this for the first time. She's haunted a buffalo. They would take uh, the heart out, and they would bite into it. Now the buffalo's strength is your strength. This is something that Native Americans did. So she does it. You know what I mean? He's like, nah, you know what I mean? Sam gives her the heart. And they do that. And uh, she comes back with blood all over her face and everything. And uh, she's kind of like, what happened to you? And she's like, I killed a buffalo. He's like, hmm. And uh, she's like, where are you going? You know, she asked him twice. You know what I mean? And he's like. And this is why Thomas was there. He's like, I'm going to Oregon with you. You know what I mean? Like, we're all going to Oregon together. He, he's decided, look, we're going to go. And she's kind of like, well, I'm not going. And kind of rides off, you know, smiling. She wants to stay. 
You know, she's found love. She's already had her heart ripped out once. She's really about to have her heart ripped out a second time because she can't stay with the man she loves. It was very, very moving. Uh, Joseph, played by Mark Rissman, wonderful job, wonderful actor. Um, works really as a translator in this episode. Not much more. Um, they have the scene where the Indians come to trade. They all get scared and grab their rifles. And then, you know, Shay and uh, uh, Taylor Sheridan makes his appearance as Charlie. Good night. And uh, kind of just, you know, point their guns back at the immigrants. Like, hey, stop. Put the gun down. You know what I mean? These Indians, we invited them here to trade. You know what I mean? This is what they did. They did trade. They did some trading. There was a powerful part in there where James is... Uh, Buying some bullets off one of the Indians. He's checking the bullets, making sure they're fine and, and they're not, you know, broken or nothing's wrong with them. And they're good. He checks out and he trades with the Indian fellow. And uh, the guy kind of says, you know, he's, lo- he, you know, he catches James looking at this, like, helmet. And the Native American guy's like, you know, it's not for sale. And he's like, it's okay. What is it? You know, and the guy's like, it's from the, it's from the Spanish. They tried to take our land, too. And James is like, I ain't taking nobody's land. I'm just passing through. And then he gives, a, you know, the Native American uh, fella gives a good, uh, kind of, in a way, like a really good, uh, played by Michael Spears. So I do have his name for you, played by Michael Spears. Um, He gives a very good, uh, uh, he's a Comanche trader, but he gives a very good recollection, a very good detail of how he sees the white man as wolves. And they go and kill everything until they're only left, and then they can only have each other to kill, and then the land is free again. And that's basically the metaphor he uses. And uh, James says, well, you're right about that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he wasn't looking to argue with him. He's just looking to trade with him, you know? So... Uh, he handles that well, and that that's a very powerful conversation of how Native Americans portrayed uh, the white man uh, in those times and, and portrayed the Spanish at those times. And he kept that helmet uh, from the from the Spanish conquistadors as a as a memory uh, to pass on and tell, you know, his his uh, family and generations later about what the Spanish did and what they attempted to do when they set foot on a Native American land. Now, that's a good part, a very moving part. We have a lot of moving parts in this show, um, and they're all coming together on this wagon train. But everybody's got a role. Everybody's got a job to do. No one's immune from working. Um, Everybody has to pitch in, or you'd be pitching out. You know what I mean? And then you probably either die of starvation, or bandits will get you, or an animal will get you. Um... Or a disease, you know what I mean? So you, you won't you won't be making it far if you don't have help uh, in these times. So Cookie, the cook, he has a line where he's kind of telling, talking about a pig. And, and that's a little bit funny. It's a little bit for levity, Cookie's part. He's kind of telling, you know, the people, you are what you eat. You know what I mean? If you eat a pig, you're a pig. Pigs are filthy as animal, blah, blah, blah. He's going on. Um, but we get to uh, kind of the uh, end of the episode where they're ready to ride out and they're pretty much set on going to Oregon and, and you know, Shay's on board. and the only one that's not on board is Elsa. 
And, uh, you know, like I said, the passing of the torch happens where Shay sits down with James and kind of says, look, these people don't trust me anymore. You have to lead them. And Shay tells him, I'm going to look out for them. I will protect them. I will make sure they're safe. But you have to lead them. That was very important not to overlook that part. Now you've seen the passing of the torch happen in this episode. He says, I'm up for it. You know what I mean? I'm, I can do that. So then you have Elsa, who's still kind of, you know, not wanting to go, but not wanting to leave her family behind her. And her mom have a very, you know, tough conversation. You know, she was a sharecropper. You know what I mean? While uh, James was in a war prison in the Civil War era. And uh, the other thing is that, you know, she was, you know, telling her, like, you know, our love is different. And then Elsa's kind of telling her, like, it's not different. It, love is all the same. You know, if you love somebody, you love them. And, and that's kind of what her stance was. So very powerful um, there to see uh, the bouncing of ideas back and forth and the bouncing of experience and wisdom uh, compared to knowledge and emotion. Um, and there was definitely a, a battle going on there. So, she, you know, Elsa decides at the end that she's going to stay. But see, Sam, Sam can't find it in himself to take her away from her family away from her mother, away from her father, away from her brother, away from all these people that are in a way really needing her help because she's turned into a cowgirl. You know, she is a real cowgirl on the prairie. Like she is the real deal. And that is how her character has been formed now. Uh, so they have a very emotional part at the end, very emotional. And, um, uh, they're speaking in native tongue, and uh, Elsa's picked up on it, and they're basically kind of just like, kind of like a goodbye, and he basically says, you know, uh, Sam says, you know, lightning with the yellow hair, you know you have a home here, you know you fill my uh, heart with love, and you always have a home here, and uh, that's powerful, because uh, you can tell she's She's not going to be staying and um, Native Americans ride out. They do their, you know, their, their call um, and they ride out. She does a call with them. She's riding with the wagon train and uh, her family and uh, her mother uh, feels it. You can feel, you can sense it. Uh, Faith Hill does a great job in this role as Margaret Dutton. And uh, it's very real, very believable. And you could see the emotion on her face. You could see that she has realized that her daughter is a woman. And she's going to be able to make her own choices. And she's going to have to accept that at some point. She just wasn't ready to accept it yet. And on one hand, she, she's she's happy on the inside that she got through to her daughter. 
but she's also sad and and her heart's hurt because now her daughter's going to miss out on that love that it's not a guarantee you'll ever find that type of love again. So this is a, a very powerful episode, a very moving episode and five stars all the way. Like I said, beautiful storytelling, compelling, um, and a tearjerker. And all the conversations, all the dialogue are not meaningless. They all have their importance. They're all articulated and tactically put in the right spot to hit you in the right uh, part of your body. And that is where this show really took off, really went to another level. And I am ready for episode nine. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch this episode again because I feel like, you know, every episode is good to watch it over another time and you you pick up some of the parts you missed. Um, but everybody nailed their role in my eyes, in my eyes, everybody nailed their role, even cookie with the, with the pig part. He didn't have a big part in the show, but he nailed it. Uh, even the son, Audie, uh, asking about, um, you know, asking about these different, you know, things that he's been hearing, you know, he's a child. So he's picking all this up and. He doesn't know what a spirit is. He's asking about what a spirit is. He's, he's asking what drives Elsa, you know, because she kind of says she, get, he, she gets it from her dad. And then um, he's like, well, what does she get? Spirit. Well, he doesn't know what spirit means. And they're going through all this. And she kind of tells him at the end of this conversation, like, what drives Elsa is the wind. You know what I mean? So it's it's powerful. And it's a really good show. It's well put together. And. I'm just grateful I'm alive to see it. You know what I mean? Like, this is just one of those shows. That, man, uh, this is powerful and moving and, and everything all in one. And I'm just blessed to be here to to see that. I hope you enjoyed it, too. Hope you enjoyed this recap. I definitely did my best for you. And uh, I know we got the Super Bowl coming on. So make sure that uh, you check the Super Bowl out, too. But uh, go ahead, like this, share it with 10 friends. Leave a positive comment. And, you know, don't forget, I'll be back very soon. And you'll be hearing from me very, very shortly. Um, And just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone.